Good morning. Um, my name's Sean. I'm one of the pastors here at Foundry Community Church. And uh, so what I want to ask you is, what foods do you really not like? Come on, give me some answers. Fish. Somebody doesn't like fish. What was that, Daniel? You don't like spicy food. Oh, okay. Mushrooms. Anything healthy. Mushrooms are evil. Tripe. What was that, Michael? Beetroot. Oh, I love beetroot. Oh, fantastic beetroot is. Well, I don't like anything awful. That's just disgusting. And when I was growing up, my mum would cook um, liver and onions and gravy. It gets worse. But because I didn't like liver, my mum would take some sausages, they were raw, and just shoved them into the gravy so that she would boil these sausages in the gravy. And what would come out of this thing would be some pale sausages that just basically tasted of liver. And that's what I had to eat as a child because I wouldn't eat liver, which is basically liver-flavoured sausages. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Now, we know that eating healthily helps us both physically and mentally in our lives. We know that the things that we eat and take into our lives help us to either live a healthy lifestyle or an unhealthy lifestyle. Liam. Um, <laughs> um, and we know that food that is unhealthy isn't good for us. Now, at the age of 50, I'm waiting for the gasp. Didn't come. Fair enough. Um, I like to, I always choose, if somebody offered me an apple or a bag of ready salty crisps, not plain, because ready salty crisps are not plain, they are ready salted. That's one of my things. Never call ready salty crisps plain in front of me because I won't be happy. Um, I would choose the ready salty crisps every time because they are my go-to snack, a pack of ready salty crisps. But when I, was, when I was younger, my mum used to give me, I'm, I'm sorry, but my mum wasn't a great cook, and we ate a lot of naff foods. Okay. She would give me processed peas. I'm sure some people in here like, pro who loves processed peas? Oh, yeah, okay, if you want. Well, I hated, so from then on, I hated peas, because I just couldn't stand. In fact, I had cottage pie with some peas on once in my house, and there was just one pea on it. And I, I picked it up and I flicked it, and it landed on the, sea, on the floor, on the wall next to me. My dad saw me, and I ended up wearing my cottage pie. Um, but then I met my beautiful wife, now wife, and her mum was a great cook, it still is a great cook, um, and they gave me garden peas. I'd never come across this wonder. Garden peas. And then I discovered petit pois. <laughs> wow, they blew my mind. Anyway, um, who can tell me what this phrase means? Geigo. Nobody. Garbage in, garbage out. It was a computing, t the, 
term that they came up for computers to say that computers only throw out stuff that you put into them. So if you put garbage into this computer, then garbage and rubbish would come out of it. Steve, I'm sure you've heard of that, haven't you? As a computer tech thing, person, that whiz that you are. And basically, it's garbage in, garbage out. Now, if that's the same for computers, and if that's the same for our bodies physically, maybe it's the same for our spiritual lives too. Maybe the things that we put into our spiritual lives has an impact on what comes out of our spiritual lives in our day-to-day lives. Galatians 5.22, which is the uh, verse that we've been sitting in for these last few weeks, says this, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All these fruits must be grown in our lives, so we have to make them, make them accessible and also provide a good life for them to grow and make the conditions right. Today I'm talking about goodness. But goodness, isn't that just being good and being kind? Well, kindness is already in there. So it has to be something more than just being kind to others. So what is goodness? This is the Bible dictionary definition. Goodness is man, in man, is not a mere passive quality, but the deliberate preference to do of right to wrong. The firm and persistent resistance of all moral evil and the choosing and following of all moral good. Let me read that again. Goodness in man is not just a, I can't read that writing, so I'll read it here. Um, the firm, the, the goodness in man is not a mere passive quality, but a deliberate preference of right to wrong. The firm and persistent resistance of all moral evil and the choosing and following of all moral good. So when the Bible starts to talk about goodness, he's talking about, it's talking about holiness. It's talking about purity. It's talking about righteousness. It's talking about words that aren't necessarily in our vocabulary day to day nowadays. But actually these things are all characteristics of God. They are all things that kind of God and um, inhabits God and all this goodness and this righteousness because God is holy, God is pure, God is righteous. So goodness can also be seen as, ho- as godliness. It's about making right choices. Now, when my son, my youngest son was about 10, we went and got a takeaway and I gave them the order which was, if you're interested, uh, sweet and sour chicken with fried rice. It was um, chicken chow, uh, Singapore chow mein, no prawns, because that's another thing I don't eat. I don't eat prawns. Um, some uh, crispy shredded chicken with chips, and then an extra portion of salt and pepper chips. Never had salt and pepper chips until we moved up here. 
another thing that blew our minds. Um, so that, so she was totting all this up, and I noticed that she'd missed one of the meals off the price. And my son, who's next to me, he also noticed as well, and he kind of kicked me in a knowing way. And I said to the lady, I saw this as an opportunity to teach my son the right thing to do. So I said to this lady, I said, oh, I think you've missed one of the meals off. Uh, and she looked at me quizzically and then did an, another recalculation. And then it was an extra £7.50. I was like, but it was an opportunity to show my 10-year-old son the right thing to do. It cost me more money, but it's still the right thing to do. Goodness is about choosing right from wrong. It's about choosing good over bad. It's about listening to the Holy Spirit at work in our lives and being led through and navigated through life to do the right thing. Not just when people are watching us, but also when nobody is around. You see, Christians have this helper, and he's called the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 24, Jesus says this, the helper is the Holy Spirit. The Father will send him in my place. He will teach you everything and help you remember everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit is there to help us, to guide us, to nudge us in the right direction, to make those right choices. So, where does goodness come from? Right at the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, it tells us about how God created the earth. He said he put the stars in the sky, the sun and the moon. And at the end of each day, the Bible says, God said, it is good. He then went on to make animals. He made wombats and bats and narwhals. Has anybody ever seen a narwhal? It's basically a whale with a unicorn's head on. It's amazing. Google it. Fascinating creature. But he came up with that. And at the end of making all these things, he said again, it is good. And then he made man and woman and said, it is very good. Psalm 145, 8 to 10 says this, the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. The Lord is good. Nahum 1.7, a book in the Old Testament, one of the prophets in the Old Testament says this, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. The Lord is good. Jumping into James in the New Testament in the Bible, James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Are you getting the idea? God is good. I'll do that again. Could have gone better. 
Are you getting the idea? God is good. Everything good comes from him. But are we putting the goodness of God into our lives? Are you putting things into our lives that are good for our souls? What things are we investing into our lives? Our goodness or godliness comes from God's Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Being godly manifests itself in how your heart responds to the will of God, followed by your action in obedience to that will. We don't know what the will of God is unless we know who God is. We don't know what the will of God is until we start to put those good things, those godly things into our lives. And as, we soon, as soon as we start to do that, our lives begin to become good and godly. So what should goodness look like? As we start to change the way we live, as we start to change the things that we put into our lives, as we start to put the goodness of God into our lives, we allow God's goodness to grow within us through the work of the Holy Spirit. Luke, a book in the Bible in the New Testament, uh, at the start of the New Testament, verse six, chapter six says this, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the mouth, the heart, out of the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So basically, you go to an apple tree to pick apples. On Friday, we've got an apple tree in our garden. We've never ate the apples. I don't know whether I want to. So basically, what I do each year is I go into the garden and I shake this apple tree. And I picked up about uh, 150 apples. And they've gone into the green waste. I don't know whether I should put them in there, but that's where they've gone to. But I know that each year, when I shake those, that tree, apples are going to fall on my head. I don't think... I've, Pineapple's going to fall, or a grape, or a peach. I know that it's going to be an apple because it's an apple tree. But what is your life showing? What is your life producing? If we put the right things into our lives, then the right fruit should be evident in it. If the conditions are right for a plant, then it will flourish. If you overwater it, if you underwater it, if you forget about it for a year and then go back to it, it'll probably be dead. We've got a, a plant in our house which we're not sure whether it's real or not because we don't really do anything with it and it's still living. But we think it's real. It just doesn't need watering that often. Um, when we were first married, some friends of ours brought us a peace lily. That lasted about six months. 
I had a bonsai tree um, that Kath brought me one Christmas. That lasted about three years, maybe. Um, we used to kill all the plants. We're convinced that the only reason our three kids are alive is because they told us when something was wrong. They made a terrible screaming noise. And then we knew they either needed changing, feeding, winding, or whatever else you do with babies. Um, I've forgotten now. Um, but the reality of it is, is we have to ensure that our lives are a good place for God's spirit to be at work in us. What fruit are you growing? Is the goodness of God growing good fruit in your lives? If so, then your lives should be speaking words of life. Your actions should bring life to others and not death. Also, what does your community look like? The people you hang around with. Are you the person that they come up to and say, hey, have you heard about so-and-so? They've done such and such with them and them. And then this happened. Do you find people come and tell you and gossip to you? Are all your friends cynical or judgmental? There's a story in John 8 about a woman who's found in sin. And all the religious leaders of the day take her to Jesus and said, the word of God said this person should be stoned. So let's stone them. And Jesus said, okay, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And after a while, one by one, each one of them reflected on their own lives and disappeared. And the wonderful thing was, there was one person in that place that could have stoned her, which was Jesus, because he was pure, he was good, and never did anything wrong. But he didn't judge her. He just merely said, go and sin no more. Because that's the goodness of God in Jesus' life being shown through his life. Don't judge someone else because their sin looks different than yours. I sin. And if we're honest, you sin too. It looks different. But let's not be judgmental about the things that other people do when we know there's things in our own lives that we still need help with. So are you surrounded by those people or are you surrounded by people that speak life into your life, that speak goodness into your life? Are you surrounded by people who encourage you and build you up and build each other up? Do your friends help you to love Jesus more? I'm not saying that you should always hang around with Christians, but does your life show your friends who don't follow Jesus what a Jesus follower should look like. Do they come to you for help and wisdom and love when they're feeling low, when they're struggling? Do your friends help you to love other people more? Does the fruit in your life cause people to stand up and take notice because you are different, because your manner is different, because your personality is different, because your life is different than what everybody else sees. Do people take notice? The fruit 
of the spirit of goodness should produce a godly character within us. One that loves more. One that speaks truth more. In your home, in your workplace, in your friendships, in your communities that you hang around with, we should be speaking words of life into them. Does the Holy Spirit help us each day because we're pouring goodness of God into our lives to choose right from wrong? Having God's goodness there as a deposit helps us to do that, but we have to allow it to continually change us and make us more like Jesus. It should help us to speak words of life and not gossip or discord. What things are you filling your life with? There's nothing wrong with binging on a Netflix series. I love Netflix and I watch some of the things on there. But do I also spend time with the good, good father that loves me, that takes me for who I am, that took me from a pit and placed me in his heavenly kingdom, who wraps his loving arms around me and loves it when I read his word, when I talk to him, when I sing to him? Do I rest in God's presence? Do I worship him in private as well as corporately? What things are we filling our lives with? Do we allow the fruit of the goodness of God to grow in our lives? Now, we won't always get it right. I'm not standing here today to tell you that I have it nailed. That actually, do you know what? That sin is no longer a problem. That sin is no longer a problem. In fact, sin isn't a problem in my life anymore. <laughs> no. God knows that as part of this process of growing this godly character, this goodness character, and this fruit within my life, that I will get it wrong. But do you know what? God has that covered too. He loves it when we get it right, but he covers it when we get it wrong. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 10. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God has your sin covered through the blood of Jesus. When we get it wrong, and we will, God has it covered. God's mercy is his goodness toward those in distress. His grace is his goodness toward those who deserve only punishment. And his patience is his goodness toward those who continue to sin over a period of time. That's by Wayne Grudem who is a modern-day theologian, somebody who understands the Bible and helps thickos like me to understand it a bit more. God's mercy is his goodness towards those in distress. If you are in distress, God's goodness says, here's my mercy. 
Are you somebody who deserve any punishment? I am. But God's goodness says, here is my grace. Are you somebody who sins like me? God's goodness allows God's patience to work through his Holy Spirit to grow this godly character, this fruit of the Holy Spirit called goodness within your life to enable you to choose right from wrong, good from evil, to speak words of love and life instead of death and destruction. Allow God's goodness to permeate your lives so that that goodness grows within us. Ask yourself today, perhaps as you go away, what one thing can I change this week to increase the work of God's goodness in my life? Don't try and do everything all at once because you'll never succeed and you won't bother trying. But ask yourself what one thing, just one thing, and say, God, through the help of your Holy Spirit, I want to give this to you and cooperate with the Holy Spirit because you have to make some choices too to allow this fruit of the Spirit of God, of goodness to grow to help you make those choices that will lead to life for you and your community around you. Amen.